that fucking C2 out of bed and me call his ass. You know, I had 100 episodes and I decided to go ahead and get this fucking new rig. It was an old school phone rig for the fucking show. It was supposed to enhance it. Fucking C2 fucking did some shit to it. Now it takes some fucking $2,600 fucking code to fucking program it. Last time it didn't go fucking well, dude. I don't know, man. This is the last time I'm doing this shit. Fuck. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Oh, no, fuck again, you fuck! You fuck! Dude, don't fucking yell at me, man. I think it was bloody, bloody pissed on the fucking phone. Shit! Fuck! Holy fuck, dude! Oh, fuck! You're listening to Adam AMD GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Puts the lotions in the basket. Would you fuck me? I would fuck me. Oh, wait, this shit's recording! <laughs> oh fuck! I didn't know you were on the phone either. Oh shit! Oh, <laughs> uh, that was some uncircumcised <laughs> hand lotion treat. Okay, welcome back to episode one hundred and one C two. We did it, man! Fucking a hundred episodes. You did at least five or six with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was cool, man. I still think the best episode we did out of the four seasons was failures. That was that that I had such a hard time not losing my shit and laughing. Guys, go back. If you want a good laugh, me and C two do such an awesome job. <laughs> and it really does tell you how to like disable a microwave and convert it into a fucking portal machine basically yeah. your own miniature CERN oh my god it was definitely one of the few higher peaks of 2020 I got to admit it man like not all of it was a solid line of just straight shit yeah, that was pretty good, especially when the plane came over and added to the effect. Oh, yeah, that's what was interfering with the microwave rays what, in order to create the portal. <laughs> we did it, though, buddy. I lost my chick out of it. No, actually, <laughs> if you guys want to go listen to the desperated 72-hour uh, hold, uh, you can hear all about 
what I was really dating at that time. <laughs> it's not a fun episode, unlike episodes like Failures. And um, sometimes the episodes are going to be that way too, guys. And if the episodes are serious, hey man, they are. And life is many things. Yes, C2? Life has many levels. Humor, sadness, anger... <laughs> You know, and if you are dealing with CPTSD, which is generally what the focus is of the show. Oh, and by the way, uh, I scored this doctor guy. Um, his name is Michael. He's a CPTSD uh, doctor. And I know every time I talk about this stuff, or a guest that's going to come on, it, it has a probability rate of jinxing it, but I have a good feeling about this one. And I do want to let you guys know out there that I am going to get this guy. He's interested. And uh, I told him I cuss and smoke, and that was why I was worried about losing him. Uh, or not. Or maybe him not be wanting to be on the show. You know what I'm saying, C2? Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, I, if I can't fucking, you know... I gotta smoke and swear. I'm like Ricky LaFleur, basically from Trailer Park Boys. I always thought, you know, he was my long lost brother. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way. <laughs> I'm like a smarter version of Bubbles, but I'm still weird. <laughs> you know, that's who I would love to get on the show, to be honest, is the Trailer Park Boys. And I post. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, they saved my life a few times, man. And uh, I think those guys are like more motorheads, you know, like they love cars and shit. They would have loved my Uncle Jeff. Rest in peace. I lost him last year. 2020 took him, my mom, my first narcissistic girlfriend relationship, uh, the virus. Um, the show started out of all this chaos and we had some other fucking guests and all this other shit. And, um, you know, it was an amazing ride while I was recording. I was enduring some of the most craziest shit, including my own death on November 11th. And if you haven't heard about that, guys, maybe you should go back and listen to the 11-11 uh, reset episode. And uh, me and C2 have both passed away. So technically you're just talking, or listening to, rather, level 8 holograms. <laughs> Pre-programmed in the Matrix. Via the Saturn Hurricane Matrix. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I've been dead multiple times, so I get extra levels. <laughs> oh yeah, you're fucking Mario eating shrooms, motherfucker. It's fucking awesome. Oh shit, what happened? We lost him. Hold on. Some uh, some difficulties with the testicles there, man. Yep, yep, we have testicle difficulty, or is it technical? I think we're done with that one already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Michael guy, he sounds nice. He's a CPTSD doctor. He wants to be on the show. His assistant, uh, who I emailed, um. Because that's how you do it, guys. Did you ever hear about that email, dude? Uh, I fucking emailed this guy. And I told him, man, I cuss. 
And I, I'm not cuss. I'm not going to cuss at you, dude. I, I promise. You know. I don't know if that's. I'll actually keep that promise, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> understand TPTSD, then he'll understand where you're at, so I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just dealing with it, guys. You know, every day I gotta sit here and deprogram people I want to kill from fucking decades ago, and da-da-da-da. You can do it, too. You have to go through, just go through the burning, go through the sweat, and make it an archaic practice. And the more you can draw away from the system, I encourage it, man. I'm still, we're here at the beginning of fifth season. My studies into Alpha Draconian and uh, all this shit have not ceased. I see strange things in the sky. I see things, I hear things like George Norrie from coast to coast formulating and becoming part of an institution called Gaia. And Gaia is a, the, basically the Federation of Light. It's nothing new. It's just what they're formulated into now. Gaia meaning Earth, right? Yeah. Uh, and I know you don't know much about that. And I had just been talking to you about that. Is that correct, C2? Or did you do any studies on that since I've talked to you about that? Um. No, I mean, I have a very, very passing familiarity with the con concepts behind it and some of the actions, and, you know, frankly, I think it's a lot of people that are self-aggrandizing themselves, you know, just kind of uh, boosting themselves to a moral superiority, and I think they've lost a lot of the ecological understanding of the whole concept they wish to emulate, but other than that, I couldn't tell you too much. I want to say this, that I believe in the Sumerian text. I've said it on all the seasons. I'm well versed in specific areas of it, not all of it. There are some things like names and trees and roots and blah, blah, blah that are in the mythological compartment of the Sumerian text that... I just, you know, all I know about that is that they used it all up. And by the time we were around now, that shit's been extinct for a long, thousands of years now. So, you know, according to the Sumerian text, they used all of the healing plants and shit that was really here on the earth that was really nutrient and enriched. And, you know, I don't... Lebanon used to have a whole bunch of giant cedars, and you wouldn't know that with the desert it is now. I know, man. It's fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Um, it's relevant to today's show, because I, me believing in the Sumerian text, and that I'm Gnostic, and to my son, Re, who I doubt will ever hear this, but if you ever did, I love you. And I'm sorry about our conflicts within our beliefs about Jesus, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to say it on show because I believe in Jesus Christ. 
And I'm not going to fucking preach at your ass. And you know I cuss and I'm fucking laid back. And actually I've heard a lot of people coming forward and revealing <clears throat> that they believe too, you know, and that's cool. And I think they're more on a level that I'm on. And that's cool. That's not what this is about, dude. That's not what this is about. I just wanted to apologize to my son specifically and leave it at that. And hope that I get to see my fucking grandkids one day because... I'm a fucking grandfather to a two-year-old and a three-year-old. They're probably fucking older than that by now. So I'm going to try to sell my cartoon C2. And uh, finally get, you know, the kind of uh, help that I need. Which brings us full circle to the help that you need. And motherfuckers are sick of big pharma. And some... People, it works just fine for them. I've heard them, I've heard mixed stories, but for the most part, most people are drunk and they're already mixing big pharma with the liquor, right? I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> it's pathetic. I was one of them. And uh, it took a while for me to fucking stop, dude. Uh, now I'm clean off liquor and big pharma. For a long time, even though I told my mortician buddy I was going to get drunk with him. I'll get drunk with him on the 4th of July. And it'll be the, what, the 14th time I've had a fucking drink since 2011. But I'll probably plow it on that night. Oh, yeah. Which means I'll get, I'll get two and a half cans down and be passed out in front of Netflix. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Eight o'clock at night, 4th of July, you know. Sounds about right. My hand down my pants like fucking Al Bundy. Dogs licking my face. Can of peanut butter open. <laughs> I can see it already, the exciting life. This exciting life with Adam Air MD GED. Um, I love you, man. I'm so glad you're with me, C2. I know you have knowledge about electromagnetic energy. So without further ado, I don't know if you're on your computer or not. Uh, no, um, no, not right now. Uh, can you access the motherfucker? No, we don't have enough signal, signal strength today. Okay, hold on, I'm going to fucking get on here right now. But the whole study at Stanford University, I believe, is called a CMI. Mm -hmm. It's a cranial mag magnetic... Uh, kind of stimulator that reverses the depression in your brain and makes you not depressed. Yeah, they sell a lot of cheap knockoff units, good units, medium case units that people use, uh, cranial magnetic stimulations, MS systems. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The cranial what? Cranial magnetic stimulation. SCM. There you go. That's what I was trying to get at. That's why I got you on the show, man, so I don't have to fucking Google this crap. Oh, yeah. Um, that's what you're good for. Thank you. Uh, well, here's the deal, man. I, I was accepted into this program at Stanford University in 2004, and you guys got to go back and listen to the episode, How I Got My Stripes. It's fucking awesome. C2's not on it. But uh, it's one of my best uh, story ones, I think. 
And I got more story shit coming up, man. I've been working on advanced techniques. I always want to try to make the next one better than the last one. You know that, C2. You know that about me. This is one of those fucking learny, learny episodes, so if you don't want to use your fucking brain, go listen to one of the other ones that you don't have to think about so much. But uh, welcome to the fifth season. Five fucking seasons. Episode 101. 100 episodes later. Welcome to the Electromagnetic Bipolar Research Fuck Program episode. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to call it. Something like that. <laughs> you never know. Um, okay, so I'm going to give away this idea because I don't really think too many people would be willing to do anything with it anyway. Plus, you know, it's just out there, but <sighs> maybe uh, evil motherfuckers would patent the idea and I couldn't use it. Do you think that's why I shouldn't tell it on the air? Or should I tell it? It's not a... Uh, what causes patents is something that's a repeatable, definable system and since the results from what you want to do and things that have been done in the past are not repeatable and consistent through control groups, they can't really file a patent on it. And there's no money in it. So they usually won't chase it. Well, okay. So here's my idea. I think it's called an auditorium where you got the gigantic room with all the flowers and plants in it. Arboretum. Arboretum, thank you. Uh, and you sit there and you can get stoned and you can smoke or you can sit in a section that's like a cube where there's no smoke where you can just sit there and not worry about being smoked out uh, but most of it's 420 and you go in there and you sit in there and there's two 33 ton magnets on a some kind of hydraulic super hydraulic massive thing that moves at a fucking kind of a very fast speed probably like 88 miles an hour Marty you know right it's like back to the future or some shit moving that fast so that it creates this kind of electromagnetic steady kind of energy and then you would have this kind of like 60 ton plexiglass fucking plate between the 33 ton magnets I don't know how that weight works out but it, if the balls were to dislodge they would be in a fucking safety foam kind of thing where the balls couldn't like do anything but just go around until they stopped. Yeah. Uh, so that would be there, plus under 60 tons of plexiglass, which is about 110 feet in the air is the ceiling. And then uh, it has a planetarium and, like, all this other stuff, and you can see what the sky looks like in different parts of the country or, or in the world. It's just a projection off satellite while these gigantic 
metal spheres are actually moving above it consistently. And people just sit in there for two hours at a time. I think that would be the maximum. They'd have to sign a waiver that it's not our fault of the, of, uh, you know, it makes them feel worse after it. That it's experimental. Oh, yeah. And that they have to know that that's happening above them. <clears throat> but, yeah, I would just call it a restoration room. And if my theory was correct, you could reverse the polarity of 200 or more people over a two to three hour period with sessions that go for like a month or two with a progress chart and all this other bullshit to see that they actually feel better. You know, I, I like a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of field theory because you're just you're basically generating a large rotating magnetic field of an intense proportion in a localized area that keeps passing through people over and over and over as it rotates. Um, now, when people are, you know, one of the big questions people have was, if your brain runs backwards or your nerves run backwards, isn't that bad? And I'm like, yes, it is. And you, we aren't actually reversing the movement polarity of the nervous system. We're reversing the um, ionic polarity as the system moves in its normal manner. And in an example of blood, a lot of people don't know that the red blood cells are shaped like donuts and they'll clack together like a whole bunch of refrigerator magnets and make a log and it's called Rouleau. And that's what happens when your blood serum gets into a positive ionic state. And it makes it really hard for the blood to flow and also makes fat clump together and uh, a lot of people have that. That's just general. But if you increase, uh, if you change the blood to a negative ionic state, which certain chemicals, plants like Ceanothus melutinus or certain magnetic fields can induce, it actually causes all the RBCs or red blood cells to act like magnets that are the same pole so you can't push them together. And it makes everything go free and the individual components instead of clumping up. So it basically turns your blood uh, as serum and all the constituents in your blood to like 5W30 weight motor oil, lighter stuff, when it had originally been like gear oil in the 80 weight. And by potentiating negative ionic states in the blood, you're going to get better oxygen transfer, which is then actually going to help the body get more nutrients and constituents to the exterior while helping it discharge contaminants from the exterior back out to your excretion systems. How this affects the brain is the constituents across the 3D or blood-brain barrier are actually going to be viable and utilizable for the neuronal system, which is then going to allow it to transmit quickly because when you have positive ionic states inside the uh, cerebral spinal fluid, dura, and the neural uh, sections of the brain, you actually can get passing blockages. Um, and these would only block one or two neurons, so you'll never really notice it. But if you get enough blockage going in there that's temporary, it's the stuff, basically a clump passes between the synapse or neural connection and blocks the signal. So that doesn't matter with one, but, you know, if you have enough clumpiness, so to speak, from a positive ionic state in your body and brain, 
you can get some signal jamming, which results in a brain fog. And a lot of people are familiar with that. The fatigue and the unknown idiopathic random symptoms that are neurological but not detectable on a symptomatic basis if the doctor were to look at it, but the person still feels crap. Kind of like uh, chronic pain syndrome or chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, or just regular old brain fog. So a lot of the stuff um, we say change the polarity of the brain. We're not running it backwards. We're just running it in a way that it's more efficient and doesn't get micro blockages or lose data as it transfers. So I'll stop here for a minute to let people digest that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got all that shit? <laughs> Holy fuck, C2. Jeez Louise, man. <laughs> Imagine you were talking to Peg Bundy right now. Okay? Okay. How would you say what you just said to Peg Bundy? Um... If you sit here, your magnetic field will go by you, and it will help your body function better because it just makes things run right. Did you hear that, Al? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, pig. Um, you know I cringe when I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would just put the salted twist on there by throwing Peg Bundy at the end of a very over-the-top Omni 3000 scientific review of what the fuck did C2 say on episode 101. Um, and if it's Big Bundy, you just tell her, and it'll make your shoes fit, and your jokes will be funny. So basically, the shit could work. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think you need to go as big as you uh, are talking about. Um, like a restoration room? Well, I'm just talking with the device. You can go big on the restoration room, but the magnetic device itself is actually something that's pretty easy to achieve. And strangely enough, by if you got um, a four-gauss MRI machine, which is actually top of the line right now. I mean, you do have better, but if you're getting a four-gauss machine, you're getting some of the best slices and resolution. You could literally modify uh, just orientation and programming on an MRI and really actually achieve these same effects. And strangely enough, a four-gauss MRI system, which is violently expensive, is still going to be cheaper than the system you've described. <laughs> I see. Well, I was just thinking, you know, so many people are depressed. And one of the things I connect to that I haven't heard for a long time now in the conspiracy department. I actually haven't heard anything about it in a long time. Especially after the Joker movie came out, which I think it's connected to it. But uh, I would say that Harp, a series, and you was Harp stand for? You under you knew what that was, right? Oh, yeah, it's High Altitude Resonance Program, and it's got some other P in it. I forget the whole freaking thing anymore. Right. Um, that's what it is, a series of towers in the Alaskan forefront. Is that where it is? Mm, the original HARP array is actually made up of hundreds, if not thousands, of small microwave array radars, which are only 6 to 10 feet tall, but a large field of them because it was easier to build a whole bunch of small transmitters and align them together to achieve effects and make anything that big. Now, here's my question. 
with the technology that Harp has, since you already know about it, can could you say that they have the technology to pinpoint sound in any point with the latitude and longitude? Um, you know, um, it's one of those things where since the data has been classified and they don't talk about it too much, it would be hard to know because they hide their methodology, but if I know from working on microwave towers and different radio towers that we can direct very focused beams and bounce them off different things from atmosphere conditions to rocks to people to ground and actually achieve different effects and transmission rates as well as affect the end targeted points um, area for different electromagnetic effects. And I got a segue here a little bit. You know what the Aegis ship is out? You see it out in the ocean. It's got the big thing on it. Shoots a lot of missiles and has a massive radar. Yeah. Well, one funny thing about the Aegis that people don't know about is that they think the field's just 360, but the Aegis can actually take that entire transmitting field and narrow it down to a 0.07 arc radian, making it a beam. And one time when they were getting a flyby, uh, they had two agencies in the area, so one agent actually kept its full field, and the other agent actually concentrated its entire interior radar array on the airplane. And that poor guy in there goes all of a sudden his cop in this. I forget if it was Iran or Iraq had the airplane up harassing him, old Mig. And all of a sudden, that whole plane just starts sparking, and all the electronics fry, and that's like four miles away, directed beam right to the airplane and so that poor guy's probably in the cockpit there's sparks flying everywhere skin's probably feeling like it's on fire yeah so it's kind of funny what we can do with directed microwave radiation which is just frequency and effectively what harvest so an array that large we technically can bounce off the ionosphere and come back down onto other areas one problem is is that the uh um, ionosphere is not always perfectly flat or deflective. And one interesting thing for all you chemtrail people out there is some of that spraying that you see is you'll see it above operations overseas before they get going at a really high altitude, and it's not to poison or control. It's really them spreading a whole bunch of micro-particulate aluminum particles across a certain altitude level, which then spread out and make a very consistent mirror for different types of radiation and communication to deflect off of. So, not to reveal or downplay the mystery for other people, but a lot of the high-altitude spraying is just atmospheric priming for field communications over an ionosphere. So. <laughs> That's pretty heavy. That's yeah. it. Okay, well, here's what I wanted to get at. Here was my point when I was bringing it up, but thank you for going off on that fucking intellectual tangent. <laughs> fucking blowing my mind. Who's running this show anyway? No, okay. Um, here's what I... Okay. Because my... I got two theories. Because the one was that they can concentrate they being harp can concentrate sounds in specific locations like is that what you were just saying yeah well not just sounds but microwave effect or frequency effects that's 
the feeling, it can actually right. chart the crust. Right, right, right. Uh, so that right there is what the first conspiracy I ever heard about HARP was in conjunction with making people depressed and pitching this kind of microwave frequency, if you will, then in specific areas along Easter. My theory is that on everybody lives by the city or the sea or cities by the sea rather. Um, and, uh, general population so that's where they concentrate this kind of depressive shit uh in certain sections um and tamper with people's depression through microwave uh tech then if you will uh to control pitch frequencies that would a series of them uh throughout the day will cause you, in some cases, to want to fucking off yourself. So that was what they, one half of the big pharma conspiracy, right? Is that they have those microwaves set up, they make everybody depressed, they go running for the pills, they already got the fucking commercials made. And according to what frequencies they're fucking pitching at people, that is what correlates with the new medicine that's out for the moment. And it's always these fucking, you know, they got to keep it fucking Disney friendly. So it's somebody of some race, but they always look middle class to yuppie. You're never going to see somebody poor on there. They always look like they could be doing pretty, they're probably doing better than you are with your fucking microwave burritos and your fucking chicken fingers living out of your car, you know, right now. Uh, this isn't for you. These are, these are drugs for robots. That's what they're trying to tell you. And every time it shows, it, it could be any race, but they're always wearing the same pastel. If it's an elder, they're always wearing the same pastel fucking, like, shit or finger painting or doing some kind of yoga. Yeah. It's like motherfuckers, some elders that age are just sitting there watching Days of Our Lives. Or fucking, you know, they're not doing any of that shit, dude. You know what I mean? Dude, this isn't... That's that draconian methodology that goes behind the applied psychology of making you depressed. Well, an interesting thing is with microwave uh, emission, you can target certain material and induce infrasound, which is... 1 to 20 hertz, and our hearing goes from about 20 hertz up to 20,000 hertz or k-hertz, I forget which. And so between 0 and 20, we can't uh, physically hear normally, but it does actually affect us, and it's called infrasound. And, you know, depending on what step between 0 and 20 the infrasound's at, it can cause feelings of euphoria, paranoia. It can even cause micro-oscillation of the eyeball leading to visual hallucinations. Uh, this is a well-known fact. We've seen infrasound from faults cause entire communities to actually go insane or have bad problems because it uh, has that effect. It's, I had a building recently that my friend was having problems with, and it turned out that one of the vents in there was oscillating and causing a non-discernible frequency, which was actually causing them to see a lot of peripheral hallucinations, black things on the edge of your vision, 
and simply by reinforcing that vent and getting rid of the oscillation, all the problems stop. Another interesting thing is that pipe organs in churches from their first advent, like the 1400s all the way up to now, have what are called God pipes or presence pipes. And they oh. oscillate the 0 to 20 range, which gives people feelings of there is something in the room, but since they're pre-positioned to be in a worshipful state, they assume it's God. But if you have infrasound in your room in the middle of the night, you're going to think you're not alone with something dead. So it is really feasible and has been done to use microwave radiation to induce oscillation to cause infrasound to cause disquiet, unease, or different symptoms in people. Well... I think that's what they're doing, and that's part of this big orchestration which they initiated uh, right around when the Disclosure Project happened, which was uh, George W. Bush making 5,400 people in the government, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, DMV, fucking whatever, Coast Guard, um, if they had any UFO, UFO involvement, they had to come forward and they had to testify under oath and George W. Bush made them come forward, but they didn't, uh, put it public. They just put it straight to video and the video went straight to Blockbuster and then Blockbuster closed. And that's the order of things right there. And that was my own detective work. And that is why they closed down Blockbuster was because of that specific video. And uh, you'll never hear it. That's only my theory. But that's what I believe. Because that's the Alpha Draconian Code, according to David Icke, who is an Alpha Draconian. It is like, you know, the draconian spy code have to tell you that they're fucking you over. They have to tell you. They have to tell you what the matrix, that you're in a matrix for one. They make it look like these giant robots that are reaping the land and keeping you in vacuums and stuff like that. That's not how it works. They just have to tell you that you're in a matrix. They don't have to tell you how the matrix actually is. But according to David Icke, which is what also I believe him again, uh, regardless of Chris Flash from the, remember the Shadow Show that I did with Chris Flash? Chris Flash said that he, he insinuates in a part of that episode that David Icke is an anti-Semite. I've never heard anything about that, and to anybody out there who knows what that, what Chris Flash is talking about, or people that in New York or whatever, if he offended anybody, I don't represent any of that shit, okay? And honestly, I believe the guy isn't from here, or he has the blood. He's a half-human hybrid. I, I believe he saw himself shapeshift in the middle of his sports announcing career, and that he went on to a talk show. In 79 or 80, 81, somewhere around there. And uh, and told everybody that he thought he was a messiah. And, and referred to himself as Jesus Christ, even. Or like Jesus. And uh, the announcer, of course, said, okay, 
let's take a break. They kicked him off the show. The guy came back, insulted David Icke. David Icke called him a year later and said, I want to apologize to everybody. Can I have that chance? Can, I, can you give me that opportunity, please, you know? And the guy was like, yeah, sure, you can apologize to everybody. That'd be great. So he gets back on the show, and not only does he not apologize, but then he starts talking about the Alpha Draconian. <laughs> and that's the first time he starts dropping that shit. And if you look at the timeline, it's only six years difference between Zechariah Sitchin talking about Anunnaki and Nibiru. And it's about six or seven years later. And David Icke's talking about the Alpha Draconian. So according to the timeline of the conspiracy in which I believe C2, the Alpha Draconian was here first on Earth. Nibiru was created by the creator to be a space cop. They call them the Watchers in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but really, they're, well, what are you fucking watching? You're not watching us, motherfucker. We're not even around yet. So what are you watching? They never tell you. <laughs> but that's what it is. They're fucking space cops. And I'm going to come back to Gaia here, what we were talking about earlier, with that stuck-up little Federation of Light alien motherfuckers. Because when the military found the Sumerian text in 2004 in Iraq, Iraq, and they fucking brought the shit back, to Zechariah Sitchin, who was still alive, to be Quaker Instant Translated. I like that, Quaker Instant Translated. That's cool, huh? Yeah, Quaker Instant Translated. Okay, so they bring the shit back. He translates it. And inside this journal of Lord Anki, and it's already known in mainstream knowledge, that Anki and Lil, Anu being the high spirit, the high father, was the guy who was in charge of all this shit. He goes by Elohim. And uh, he's not to be confused with Yahweh. And the reason that Yahweh is a... Because Yahweh is a mathematical equation. And Yahweh, if you can break down Yahweh into its four basic letters, it's supposed to equal into pi. I don't know how that works. I'm not smart enough to figure that out. But I do know that much about it. And uh, so when Zechariah Sitchin translates this text, it says that no one is supposed to cross the Kuiper Belt. And it's not us. We're not around yet. It's them. They are cops that are supposed to watch out outside the asteroid belt with Jupiter. And we still have to fucking do the Jupiter episode, right? Oh, yeah. I know that one's coming up sometime here. And I know you know a grip about that. Um, and I'm excited to do it, too, man, because... That's just a whole goddamn episode anyway. But Jupiter has cops on it. Saturn has cops on it. 
Mars has cops on it. And Nibiru. And Nibiru's ran by Anu, but they, he doesn't run the planet, the women run the planet. And I think that's kind of what the deal is throughout the course of the universe, is women are the ones that generally make the decisions. And I, I guess it may be according to certain sectors, too, that alphas uh, switch over. Um, but uh, I know Earth Alpha belonged to women at the time of Atlantis. And the, according to that, Martians left. And if, that, if the Sumerian text is right, then the Martians that left there, they were cops. They were watchers. And whatever happened to them, they got into a fucking war. They fucked each other's DNA over, and they came here, and they fucked over the Earth. And the Earth was an artistic fucking 420 place at the time of Atlantis, right? Everybody was smoking weed. Weed had to have been around, right? Um, well, that's hard to tell. I mean... Come on. Dude, it was like... Even though it was a million, yeah, it had to have been super strain. I mean, you know, can you imagine the crystals on this motherfucker? You could probably just take a part of the crystal and smoke that in the pipe, just off one okay. leaf. You just gave me a funny view to Atlantis with all this crystal technology, and the whole time it's just been hot keep crystal. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? I mean, well, think about it, dude. <laughs> It's true. I mean, we're supposed to get baked, really. That's why we got those fucking parts in our head that are fucking all cannabis uh, sectors. I thought it was bullshit, but it's true. It's really there. What's well, really funny is a lot of plant defense chemicals are estrogenic based, are the estrogenic receptors. So it's really. Um, a common chemical in plants to have an estrogenic mimic and on a strictly scientific level, that estrogenic mimic is very damaging to insects because uh, high levels of estrogen, especially in insects, are estrogen receptor sort of things, can actually feminize an entire insect population and they'll die off because it takes away all the males if they try to eat that plant. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's why some people say, it's hot, makes you winky, girly, girly, but no, no, it gets on your estrogen receptors and gives you a nice high or feeling, and, but really that's actually a very selective defense chemical to prevent predation by insects, whereas humans, it, we don't cross uh, or switch genders during our lifetime due to genetic stress. It either happens at birth or if a person deliberately induces chemicals in the process of like going, being transgender. In my case, since I was, uh, my mom developed adrenal hyperplasia in her third trimester, that actually took my body, which was XX chromosome, or female, and then gave it a whole huge hormonal signal to try to become male, and pushed me through, and that's what induced hermaphrodism. So, but you only get that from birth or from deliberate high amounts of very tailored hormones. The plant itself might make you mellower, and it might actually potentiate certain estrogenic cancers in women, but um, for the most part, it's not going to affect us on a great scale. Hmm. 
It's weird according to what I believe with the Sumerian text. All that shit is because of them that we're going through with all this human complication. Because they engineered our ass, right? So if that's the case, I always think about the story of the Martians going to Atlantis because if they were already fucked up and their DNA was already fucked up according to the storyline when they came, then that means that not only are you not dealing with a full-blooded Martian that would have changed the alpha wave here, but it's because their DNA had changed that the alpha wave did change. And that's complicated as kind of thought process too, but because of the chain reaction, it would have led down a line a million years later, Nibiru shows up. And I just saw it too, man, on some, because uh, my, uh, my mortician buddy's got Ruku or whatever that fucking shit is. Roku. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a, there's one of the channels on there. You could, There's a million different channels that you can download. And all you got to do is ask for it, and it will tell you what it's free on. And I, so I, I typed in, uh, or just went into the microphone and put Anunnaki. And sure enough, a movie called Anunnaki came out last year and gives pretty much the breakdown of what I'm talking about except they go more and in deeper into mythological characteristics and the way that these guys were. Here's the deal. Nibiru uh, were shapeshifters. And the reptilians can shapeshift too. That's why they get often confused as being the same motherfucker. But I'm going to tell you guys one more time, here in the fifth season and all seasons, these guys are not the same people. Martial masters and people who get on coast to coast and talk this shit about how the reptilians are Nibiru. They're wrong. They're not the same. And it's important. It's important that you know that they aren't the same. So why, are you, why are you tripping out about it, dude? Because Nibiru is a planet that's approaching now. And that is in our solar system. And when you look into the sky, you can't see it. One of the reasons is that these guys are infrared. And it's a lot closer. The Bible says... In uh, St. John Revelation, they call it Wormwood. We've had this talk. And say that a fifth of the fucking sky will belong to it. That's a fucking huge amount, motherfucker. You know, that's nothing to, you know, when you see it, you're going to shit yourself. I think that they're doing the David Copperfield thing. Remember that, C2? Did you know he made the Statue of Liberty disappear? Yeah, wasn't that like in the 80s, like late 80s? That's right. You know how he did that? Well, I have no idea. Well, nobody really does. But the theory is that he uses what the Statue of Liberty is like 200 
20 feet tall or some shit. Fucking, you know, mirrors designed at two and, you know, 250. Strategically placed via four helicopters. Kind of just sitting there above it. You know, for security reasons is what they tell the public, I think. You have to go back and watch it, but it's really, you're just hoisting the mirrors there. But it's a it's an illusion. Oh, I assume it would be. It's not magic with a K. It's magic with a C. Yeah. So, if that's the case... That's how we. How hard would it be to hide and put us in a planetarium, you know? And, uh, you know, who knows, man? I haven't seen the moon in a fucking week out here. It just hasn't been around. I don't know if that's normal or not, but I, I haven't seen it one time this week. And usually it's like, you know, not a week. It does happen when we actually get some deletion like that. That's part of its orbital path and reflectivity. And so that is normal. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I was like, mm. uh, But uh, I don't know anymore, you know? The Mandela effect, all this other shit. Space cops. Zechariah Sitchin translating this shit. And my original point was, fuck Gaia. Because according to that... Those guys were cops, and no, there's a reason they were Nibiru or space cops there. They were to make sure no one got in. No one. And these guys that are here, and them pushing it with their commercial interest and expand into these light beings who already have advanced knowledge. Give me a fucking break, man. Give me a fuck. They're not supposed to be here. The military got the text. They did it illegally. They falsified a fake attack on New York. They called it 9-11. They went there. They got their fucking Sumerian text. They got their access to the Stargate. The Queen of England's got every fucking Navy surrounding the motherfucker. They don't know how to access the shit. That's why they're here. You know that? Because if I was evil, that's how I'd do it. I would have already pulled the plug on you guys. That would have been like, fuck y'all. You know that? And fuck everyone. And, um, but I don't think they know how to do it. And I think they're stuck here. And, uh, and they're stuck with us, and they keep chemtrailing the sky because that's what reptiles do. They live in hot houses, right? You keep them in hot houses. Yeah, generally, you keep them in a fucking, you know, tropical kind of environment, and um, or dry, you know, in this kind of crazy. Hey, they got enough energy coming out of this sun satellite, fake sun satellite. Jeff P. You guys can go look him up on YouTube. I like that guy. He's the last of the three Nibiru motherfuckers that were out there. 
And now Dill Martin has been abducted by Alpha Draconian for posting pictures of Alpha Draconian hanging out with Trump on YouTube, you know. And then YouTube, oh well, YouTube's ran by Alpha Draconian. And I watch it too. I'll get on there. I'll watch fucking Marvel shit. <laughs> I'm just as bad. I already know they're aliens running the shit. I'm like, oh well, fuck it. I'm going to go watch Marvel shit, right? Um, but, you know, Emergency Awesome. Shout out to Emergency Awesome. Love your nerdy ass. Uh, you know, fucking this shit is mind-blowing sci-fi crap. Hey, man, David Icke, he's right. You know, uh, but he's a reptilian, and he's got to tell you what they're doing, because he's one of them. And on that note, don't worry about being so depressed, guys, because you heard my fucking little shit, and the shit alarm just went off for episode 101, C2. Are you glad about that? Thank you for joining me and uh, you know I just think that they'll end up concentrating sound waves and that Elon Musk is using that fucking space X train or whatever and his little rockets and shit to really just put projectors into specific parts of the fucking uh, sectors above the earth so that they will f- they can film project and if they can use harp as a sound instrument to match the fucking projection of whatever images they would hypothetically use in this upcoming you know fucking cavalcade carnival they're Constructing to fucking finally decimate us. I wonder if they could just pitch a fucking sound wave that could just make everybody kill each other. In theory, uh, I mean, for those of you who are interested, uh, there's a whole field called phonochemistry, or the chemistry of sound. And... They've made leaps and bounds in that. A lot of it gets classified uh, because it has some obvious uh, weaponary aspects. But, you know, a thousand watt linear kHz transducer at a certain frequency, around 73 kHz, is capable of dissociating all the water that's in front of it into free oxygen hydrogen and then accelerating all that energy it discharges away from the transducer plate. So effectively, a particle projection cannon. So if sound can actually dissociate water and give it a directional uh, with all its kinetic energy in a single direction, Oof. it's pretty amazing thing. So the field's called sonochemistry. We can induce nausea, which they use in the riot. Nauseators, which are certain frequencies that oscillate the inner ear. All of a sudden, everybody is falling over and puking and vomiting. Uh, nobody really knows why. And so, and certain sonochemistry uh, fields actually deal with molecular biology, some deal with military technology, some deal with formations of crystalline structures within pharmaceuticals. So, I mean, 
the fact what we can do with sound is just now being explored to a point where it is uh, becoming viable. And that in itself is scary because, I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done with sound that are positive, but there are also a lot of things that are negative that are not very observable and could have a lot of um, negative use. <laughs> hmm. But I'm going to leave on that story. See you until we meet again. Always fun. Always fun. I don't know about you guys, but C2's pretty over the top there, man. But I gotta make two more fucking phone calls, then I'm gonna tell you that fucking river story. And we're gonna wrap up this fucking electromagnetic fucking research thing. First, I'm gonna call fucking Stanford University. <laughs> and see how that fucking goes, so... Hold on, gotta use the fucking... Sweet Magic $2,900 fucking phone code fucking machine. What the fuck, man? Oh, shit. Fuck. Okay. Oh, wait. Hold on. Oh, I know how to do it this time. All of our representatives are busy assisting other callers. Please hold for the next available representative. <laughs> oh, I'm on pain meds. <coughs> Hi, Stanford Psychiatry. I'm trying to get a hold of two doctors. And I would like... Are you a patient of the clinic? I was a patient in 2004. Okay, are you looking to reestablish psychiatric care? Actually, yes, but in a way... It's kind of a it's kind of a difficult situation, because not difficult. I guess that it's complicated because the original program I was coming for in two thousand four was not applicable, and the state of California had pulled a plug on the project. And I think it happened in Massachusetts too, where the pl uh, project was happening as well, which was an electromagnetic bipolar research program at that point. Now it's titled something slightly different and I just saw in the EDU website that in 2020 pretty much this time last year Dr. Williams I can't remember his last or his first name I'm sorry but he's the one that's administrating the program I would like very much to talk to him and be able to come in and finally have a fair shake at go undergoing this treatment and also, I would like to talk to Dr. Who, who was a part of the administration at that point and still is currently, Rona, Rhoda, sorry about the name confusion again. Um, she's a very nice woman. She helped me out. She helped establish I was diagnosed with CPTSD, which was pretty much brand new on the board at that time. And I'm non-military and I'm, you know, ex, not an ex-narcotic. I've never used... I'm not recovering off of chemical abuse. And I would very much like to undergo that after eight and a half years of abuse that I underwent after Stanford University, including a malfeasance attempt on my life by Oakland Fruitvale Clinica, La Clinica, 
laced my pills and I had to get my stump, my stomach, uh, my stomach pumped twice, excuse me. And it was a cover up and I didn't have anybody I could call or talk to about it. I, I would like to very much talk to Doctor Who about some kind of literary conjunction where we can write about this kind of thing and it can get out there into the public and correlate with her. And I've tried several times to uh, connect with her. I'm going to keep trying, not to form harassment, but it's kind of like Mel Blank standing outside of Warner Brothers. He had to stand there two years before he was Bugs Bunny, right? So I'm going to keep doing it. I want to get this program. And uh, I would like very much for those two uh, you know, doctors to contact me. I'm sure you got my number right there, and that's um, that's my attempt. I, cannot, um, I, can, I can give you the phone number to um, Dr. Nolan Williams' research. That's it, you yeah. More information about TMS study? Yeah. Um, it's 650. Okay, hold on one second. I'm sorry. Six. Give me one second. My pen just died. That's convenient, right? Six five zero. Sorry about that. Eight hundred. Okay. Sixty nine twenty. And that's his line directly. Yeah, that's one of the research coordinators for um, Dr. Williams' uh, lab. I appreciate your time and thank you very much. And how do I how do I leave a message for Doctor Who since I can't leave one on her machine? Yes. So unless you're off, you're currently established with her, I cannot transfer you directly to her. But she was with me at one point in a. Correct. Yeah. You haven't been seen since two thousand and four. Right. Yeah. So you're currently you're you're not currently in treatment with her. So that's so the only way you. Why is it like that? What does that mean? That's the way we practice. Why, though? That's just our department, unfortunately, because we're not a private clinic. We have these protocols that we have in place for patients because we're short-term at eval. We don't do any, like, long-term care, and that's just one of our clinic protocols. Is that a state thing, or is that federal? It's a Stanford thing. It's a Stanford thing as a personalized entity i see all right well i get i get that on some level i can get that um well once again i appreciate your time thank you for the number i will contact dr williams from here and try to piece this together and uh thank you for your time you're welcome okay have a great day mm-hmm. Bye-bye. well you heard the bitch stuck up fucking asshole <sighs> Unfortunately, a lot of the faculty at Stanford kind of runs like that, man. It's just, they're fucking dicks. That's how I fucking got into the first place, you know. I was uh, in the waiting room for 13 hours. And my, uh, my, my business partners, I guess, if you will, at that point, in uh, Park Slope, 
you know, you got to go back and listen to this episode, how I got my stripes <laughs> with me as a baby and my little stripes on, um, on my head, you know. I remember when I got the stripes, too, a year and a half after I had the dream at Stanford University Psych Ward. And uh, <laughs> when I went to go get the ink and I had it on, I got it in New York City. I came back to Colorado where I was getting ready to leave for good. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> and everybody was like, wow, have you always had those on your on your head, those stripes? And I was like, yeah, I have. <laughs> All right, more to come, man. Hold on. Well, I'm going to go ahead and try to do this fucking number directly. You know, uh, she gave it to me. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. I think I got it fucking rigged this fucking time. It's just ridiculous, dude. Okay. Dan Dial Star. Then 971. That should work. Yeah. Oh, you fucking dick! God damn it! Alright, fuck. Uh, yeah, this is Dr. Williams. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? This is this Dr. Williams? Uh, I am not Dr. Williams. No, my name is Nick. Oh, um, this was the number I had gotten to uh, contact Dr. Nolan Williams. Uh, I work with him. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, I had read on this. My name's Adam Williams. Originally, I was a patient at Stanford University Medical Psych uh, back in 2004, diagnosed with CPTSD um, through Stanford University. Um, I uh, was originally supposed to be in this electromagnetic bipolar research program. Okay. That was in 2004. The state of California pulled the plug on the project at that time. So I ended up going to Stanford anyway. I showed up dressed like the Grim Reaper. And then I got, you know, put in handcuffs and they asked me what organization I was with. The story became legendary. I was like, look, I'm just here. I, uh, I need to get diagnosed and I'm not going back to an inner city mental health clinic. And at that time I was getting abused in Colorado and I had applied for a mad genius program is exactly how you and Yale, and I believe Harvard was the third hospital that had the same program, with what I saw last off your website last year now of Dr. Nolan, uh, or Mr. Williams, I'm sorry, administrating the electromagnetic paddles to the woman's head, wearing the pink blouse or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. I... You don't know what I'm... Is he running electromagnetic bipolar research program right now? What is the picture uh, of him running this thing last year that I'm referring to? What, what, are, you, what are you looking for, though? How can I help you? I want to get into that program. I know it's uh, 16 years later. I don't care. I'm still dealing with the same crap. 
And you know what? Big Pharma was pushing their junk at that time, and Stanford was just as susceptible to take the bribes from these guys and go the way of pharmaceuticals, and I got stuck on Seroquel, which had already been around, but generally subscribed, or prescribed, rather, to schizophrenia. I have CPTSD. That's not even been on the board for 20 years. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not. But they haven't really looked at it at all. I'm non-military. Let me explain. I'm a non-military. I'm not an ex-narcotic. I've never shot drugs. I don't have a chemical dependency I'm coming from. I've never been addicted. I have a CPTSD from general violent childhood, which is okay. what the only two ways you can really get CPTSD according to the CPTSD study. Uh, it's a multiple, you know, flashbacks. You can you can take your pick of multiple traumas that you've been subjected to and they run the same as a regular flashback that you would have with just standardized PTSD. Does that make sense? So that's why they put the complex in front of it. But I'm diagnosed, I'm a new guy on the on board. And I'm sorry I'm a little rough speaking, forgive me. I'm a little excited too because when I saw that the other day, I've been tr trying to get a hold of Dr. Williams. And I would really like to be, I was under the impression it was two gigantic metal spheres that ran above your head. But either way, it's non-pharmaceutical. And I understand somehow that the uh, polarity of your brain can be reversed or whatever or fallen into the path of the earth. Whatever he's doing with those paddles or the balls or whatever it is, I really, I really... To, I think you're referring to TMS, right? Transcranial magnetic stimulation? I guess, but... You know, this other experiment wasn't that. I'm pretty sure it was something else, man. It was it was these two spheres that ran above your head. Is that hypothetically something that could work if that I, wasn't a thing? I have no idea what that is. I, yeah, that doesn't sound like anything that we're doing. Can I talk to this guy directly to see if he knows what... Is it possible uh, I may, may be able to talk to him directly I, about it? I have your I have your number and I can ask him certainly and get back to you. But you know what you're talking about for 2004, Dr. Williams wasn't even working in uh, here in 2004. He yeah. Was, okay, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, he's, yeah, he's he, he's he a young guy. Medical school in 2004. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Um, but you got my number. If you come across anything like. Even if there's like some kind of microfish or something you got there at the university that you can look into and get back to me on something, email me. I can give you my email. Okay. It's uh, Adam Air Williams, so it's A D A M A I R W I L L I A M S. All one word, little letters. Okay. Uh, at gmail.com. Right. And, uh, yeah, if you find anything about that, because I was almost in there, and the day I was supposed to leave, <clears throat> there was no project. And I was already suicidal. And I had tried to kill myself, I think, 36 times in 90 days. No joke. 
So, you know, every time I was intervened, finally got into this thing. And then the, the plug got pulled on it. And it was right when Big Pharma started getting that that push, 2003, 4, and then into 5, you know. You don't have to be Bruce Wayne to really figure it out. You know, you can put the timeline together, you know. So, but um, I really appreciate your time. And what was your name? Yeah, no problem. My name's Nick. My name's Adam. You know, I'm a cartoonist out here in Portland, Oregon. But at once upon a time, I I got tired of being abused, trying to get diagnosed the proper way, and I ended up at Stanford University. <laughs> and to the admission of uh, the admissions director's dismay. They had to keep me after calling 36 hospitals in eight counties around Palo Alto to try to find me a bed after they agreed I needed to be in the hospital, but they didn't want to take responsibility. But I'll tell you what, if I had, hadn't made that gamble, and it was, it was a gamble. I knew what I was doing. I, there was, I knew there was a chance I was never going to get in, but I had to try because you guys are the third best in the country, you know what I mean? I wanted the proper diagnosis. You know, yeah. and if you want the right stuff, you got to go for it, right? And like I said, Mel Blank, you know, the voice of Bugs Bunny, he stood outside of Warner Brothers for two years before they let him in, knocking on the door every day. And that's exactly what I'm going to do with you guys until I get to the bottom of this shit. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm going to be that Bugs Bunny's voice. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, yeah, I applaud your assistance, and I sure hope you find what you're looking for. I'm yeah. Sure I couldn't give more help. No, it's okay. I uh, I would like to talk more about if you're interested in that kind of stuff, because I got ideas. I know I sound a little right. rough, but, Definitely you I know. I have to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, no, I mean, uh, yeah, you know. Good luck, man, and if I, if I hear any more about that, I'll, I'll give you a call back. I totally appreciate you. Thank you, Nick. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Well, Nick was a nice guy, but uh, we'll see where it leads. Otherwise, to be continued. And uh, they're shorter episodes, but I encourage you guys, especially if you're dealing with a mental illness, to look into um, electromagnetic Bipolar research programs, the, you know, he called it a whatever and some kind of uh, electromagnetic paddleboard thing. They stick to your cranial, you know, cranial electro. I, I'm not sure that's it. I'm not sure that was it. But um, we'll find out. I'll tell you more on the next episode when we get to it. And it'll be random. It'll be down the road. And if you got any interests, go ahead and email me at adamairwilliams at gmail.com and you can send me show ideas. And if you're dealing with depression or art or you got a cool ass uh, paranormal UFO shit, you know, anything fucking cool, man. Time travel. I'll be talking about Matt Groening using psilocybin and building a time machine to travel back and change the fucking world. That's coming up. Um... You know, shit like that. But uh, I want to thank C2 for being on the show. Which I'll record tomorrow, ironically, talk about time travel. But according to how you hear it, it won't be. It's kind of like Jay and Silent Bob and their chronological order. 
you watch Mallrats, but the first movie was Clerks, but Clerks follows Mallrats. So it's kind of like that. Anyway, love Jane Silent Bob. Don't really care about Kevin Smith. Until then, <laughs> smoke the fuck up. Enjoy your fucking day. I gotta do laundry. That's fucking two months overdue before it fucking crawls away. And uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Later. <laughs> I'm out here by the Eel River on Highway 101. It's fucking nice out here, dude. You know, up the street is Garberville. And when you're coming into Garberville, like from points north in Oregon, coming into the fucking Crescent City, and then you come into the Avenue of the Giants, which is the fucking Redwood Trees. And then, uh, you, um, come into Garberville and you start noticing Sasquatch and shit like that. And along the, uh, coastline, pretty much all the way down to Santa Cruz, I think there might even be one in Los Angeles or further south, but they call them vortex points. Some people call them, like, a cheap illusion house, you know. It's just a house built on a bank to fool people or whatever. Maybe it's been done like that before, but there is something about the electromagnetic pole on the West Coast. And there are eight points of vortexes starting from, I guess, like maybe in Washington or Oregon, I don't know where. Go look it up. Whatever. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you get this whole idea where the electromagnetic energy runs differently. If you listen to the episode, How I Got My Stripes, there's a part where I get caught <laughs> on a, a land out here on the Eel River that belonged to a bunch of uh, runaway Sethite Christians. They got stuck on their fucking land, but on their land I was able to go into Ohm. And I was able to achieve this thing. And I think it is relevant because I remember the guy who was running the land was talking about how uh, the river ran backwards. And I had never heard that before, you know. Later on, years later, I brought it up to a friend. Out, I think I was in Oakland. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, he was like, well, <laughs> here's the deal is <sighs> there is a possibility that the, your theory about electromagnetic energy running backwards would have healing properties. I looked further into it. And it's because of some kind of jetty that the river ends up running south to north instead of north to south like it generally does out of Canada all the way down into Mexico. <clears throat> it only does that on one other river in the world. And that's the Rio. Rio de Janeiro.
Hmm. Well, at one point I was living in Oakland. And I wanted to get the fuck out and just travel. Because I'm restless, man. I'm nomadic. I like to, I'm restless, man. I want to move around. You guys know that. Uh, I can't stay in one place too long. It's just how I am. So I was getting restless in my apartment in Oakland. We get the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, and my friends that were in the neighborhood, they found out. And they knew that I was leaving. And the one guy was like, well, how are you going to pay off your rent? And I was like, I'm just paying my rent. Like I usually do. And um, guy was like, well, let me ask you if I can have this one guy over. I was like, I don't think so, dude. And he says, well, hear me out. He's sick. I was like, what kind of sick? He's like, he's just, he's just, he's on anti-abuse. He's coming off fucking liquor. He's got problems health-wise. He doesn't have a place to stay. He can't stay with me, but I will keep an eye on him. I promise. And I promise I won't let anything happen to your shit. You know where I'm at. I'm not leaving. He goes, you know I'm across the street. He goes, you know I'm not fucking leaving. I was like, all right, man, it's on you, whatever damages, you know, da da da, da. I felt comfortable. So anyway, I took off, man. I harvested some fucking weed with my friend. Rest in peace, not around anymore. Made a couple grand, you know. And I was in NoCal. And I was in along the Hill River again, near that old Christian commune that's long gone. <laughs> it's not there anymore. It got kicked out a long time ago. But, um, I went to that part of the river, you know, and I saw its directional flow was backwards, and I had an Aquafina bottle. So I just slammed that water, and I filled this whole one liter up with uh, the Eel River. You know, before any of this shit had even happened. You know, I had this shit in my fridge. So by the time my friend asked me to put this guy up, I was like, okay, sure. So the bottle of water was already in there. I took off for four months. I came back. The guy was already gone. He had a girlfriend. He was the manager of some company. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, dude. What in the fuck? He's like, oh yeah. I'm doing really good, man. I lost, uh, I got my uh, functions back. He's like, thanks to you, I had a place. The first thing I thought of was my theory about this bottle of water having these healing properties. I went to my fridge, and guess what? The water was gone. And I asked, I was like, hey, did you happen to see this water that was in this in my fridge? I kind of sounded like a cheapskate. Uh, and after knowing it, he might, and he was like, kind of, he was like, no, uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Of course, he had drank it. And here he is doing better. I don't know how he is today, but that was a decade ago.
and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it because I won a napkin contest, art contest, <laughs> when I got back and the guy was gone. So, But the, the, the real payoff really was uh, the guy getting healthy, obviously, you know? That was cool. Can't even fucking remember his name, but he drank a bottle of the Eel River, and it was a part that was running backwards, so who knows, man. I guess it's as good as mine. guys enjoyed this episode and this ending is dedicated to fucking Eddie Van Halen that's right one of the greatest fucking guitarists that ever fucking lived don't give a fuck what you say shit was fucking metal as fuck this particular fucking song definitely oh, Eddie Van Halen man definitely a part of my fucking childhood David Lee Roth you can say that shit's cheesy, but whatever. You don't get it. You've been listening to Adam Air MDG, D Underground, Cartoon Therapy. <laughs> Hope you like what we taught you. Me and C2, motherfucker. And I plan on doing more unauthorized recordings. <laughs> I'm not asking your fucking permission, motherfucker. Fucking sue me. Universal fucking pulled an episode because I used Eminem on an episode. Lady fuck, Roxy Firestone speaks. You know what? Fuck you, Roxy Firestone. I do got an episode left with her. You guys can go check it out called The Friend Lottery. <clears throat> About fucking Gaia. George Norrie and all these other motherfuckers pushing that Gaia shit. These aliens exist and we're here to help humanity. Doesn't look like you're helping shit, motherfucker. Uh -oh. oh yeah. This episode fucking rocked. I will get you the more detailed shit oh she's so hot dude I remember this video too man I wanted to fuck that oh man Woo. I think my homework was never quite like this that's it too I give you guys homework Got it made, got it made. I'm half a teacher. 
Fuck yeah. GED teacher. <laughs> oh yeah. Fucking Eddie Van fucking Halen, motherfucker. Rest in fucking peace. Fucking dirty, motherfucker. Holy shit. Woo! Fuck yeah! The new generation doesn't understand this shit. They have no idea how fucking dirty that motherfucker is. They don't get it. They lost the filth. Oh yeah. Oh man, I think that clock is slow. <laughs> is your clock slow, motherfucker? I don't feel good. That's good. Well, guys, get the fuck out of here. I'll see you on the fucking next episode. <laughs> David Lee Roth was a fucking pimp. Those motherfuckers were pimps. They made sex fucking fun when I was a kid. <laughs> Alex. Michael Anthony. And Edward Van Halen. Fucking Van Halen. And electromagnetic energy. And this episode was brought to you by... Uh, Lamoda. Dr. Jelly's Head Dog X Mad Max Buds. You guys, I'll see you guys soon. Smoke the fuck up! You've been listening to Adam Air. MD. GED. Underground Cartoon Therapy. Who's this? How's it going? My name is Gabe. I got a voicemail on my work phone mailbox from you. Um, but I don't have a ton of information, so I was just giving you a ring back. I work at a psychiatry clinic. I am a TMS coordinator. Oh, you work with the TMS, the uh, trans uh, magnetical? Yeah. <clears throat> um, hey, that's good. Uh, can I talk to you about that for a minute? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess I'm just wondering, like, how did you, how did you end up calling me? And because I wasn't able to find your name. It's kind of a long story. Like no, I'm not in your system. Okay. No, it was just hard to find this kind of uh, thing because I like twelve. I don't know. Like back in 2004, um, I was diagnosed properly with having CPTSD by Stanford University. I'm like one of the first cases of CPTSD, and I've all I've seen over the last 15 years is a bunch of. Do you, do you mind if I use foul language? <laughs> Go for it. I don't mind at all. Uh, I just like to ask beforehand because I'm tra- I'm trying to train myself, you know, to not. <laughs> um, but um, 
speaking freely, you know, I mean, I just see a bunch of fucking stuck-up douchebags holding this fucking power, and, you know, it's like 650,000 people on Instagram uh, know what the fuck CPTSD is, while some unknown digital pimp fucking pimps off memes and t-shirts. It's like the money's not going to the mental health system, and you can tell because most of the people you actually talk to that are dealing with mental illness, not the people that say, well, everybody's crazy. Every time somebody says that, they take power away from me. After all the indignity I've had to, I've had to go through, along with every other American in the American mental health system, it's just the most inglorious fucking bastardly thing you can imagine. You know Portland's yeah. at the bottom of the fucking barrel. Talk, you know, it's just a bull. It's bullshit. If I if I get suicidal because I have CPTSD, which is symptomatic, all I'm left with is big pharma and some asshole who I get to call as a dragnet down the street suicide fucking hotline. What am I going to do? Call a warm line and they then tell me an hour later, well, we got to go talk to somebody else. It's like, who the fuck are you talking to? And you you know you don't want to be on fucking drugs. You can tell I've been through this for a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just trying to break the barrier with a punk rock PTSD podcast um, that I created a platform for people like me, punk rockers and metalheads and, you know, homeless and all kinds of shit, ghetto motherfuckers, gangbangers, people who who get shafted and left on the bottom, especially motherfuckers who aren't military who are non-military and non-ex-narcotic. I've never shot up shit in my life. I'm not going to lie to the system and tell them I shot up just so I'll get seen faster. That's a crock of shit. So basically, I got accepted into a mad genius program in 2004 through Stanford. The state of California pulled the plug on the project the day I was supposed to leave. It was uh, two magnetic spheres that go, went above your head. And, yeah. and have you heard of that one? Um, I, you know, it sounds kind of comparable to TMS, but uh, I wouldn't, I couldn't say definitively. I think know, that was the one earlier. Yep, they pulled the plug on the project, and it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the paddles on the head thing. Okay, see, so that's what we do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm into the paddles on the head thing because I believe that the polarity, what I understand about it is the polarity of your, of if it's not running with the polarity of the earth, then it's running against the polarity of the earth, basically. That's where the bipolar comes from, right? Not in my understanding. I'm also, I'm not a... Uh like a medical provider or anything, I kind of, so I, I administer the treatment, so I'm, I'm trained in, like, using the machine, et cetera. Um, so I couldn't really speak to the, like, the underlying kind of reasons for, uh, you know, developing disease, et cetera. I can, you know, I can tell you, I, I know a fair amount about how it works, how this treatment works, and I'm happy to talk to you about that, but a little out of my knowledge zone to talk about. Um, like, no, it's Okay. I'm I'm willing to talk about it. I definitely, you know, I, I'm hurting, man. So you know. Yeah. So I'll I'll tell you what I know and and what the data says. Uh, basically, 
We know that this treatment really helps people with major depressive disorder. Um, and the reason why we think it does is because people who have major depressive disorder have uh, sort of what can be understood as a dysregulation or uh, lack of excitation or excitability in an area of the brain called the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. Now that sounds like a lot of jargon, but basically there's this area of the brain in people who have really severe depression that just doesn't function uh, as it does in people who don't have depression. And um, the way that it doesn't function as well is that it's just less active, essentially, or less receptive to input is another way of thinking about it. Uh, what TMS does is it sort of sensitizes that area and strengthens that area in its ability to regulate uh, your emotions because that's sort of what this area is believed to do is um, it's important in executive function but which is you know sort of self-cognition etc but specifically we think it's important for the ability of the individual to regulate his emotions consciously uh, so, you know, TMS is basically a way of beefing that area of the brain up. Uh, it's a little bit of an oversimplification, everything that I've just said, but that's thought to be the underlying mechanism there. So by basically by strengthening that, that area of the brain and sensitizing it, you're uh, thought to be more able to regulate negative emotions. Okay. And it, there, you know, there's no need for medication, right? Again, I, yeah, I'd be hesitant to talk about medication just because I'm not like a, a, a nurse practitioner or a doctor or anything like that. But uh, I can tell you that most people on TMS kind of just continue whatever regimen they're taking and see significant improvement. Some people try to use it as a way of, you know, stopping to take medication. So that's definitely a reason why people do try TMS. But we recommend that you kind of just continue taking whatever you're taking and then see how it goes um, you don't want to change too many things at once you know if you're on a drug and then if you're not on anything is that the most preferable like way to come in uh i honestly couldn't say yeah that's I what i need to know yeah yeah that part i need to know that's important yeah, because well can somebody call and tell me instead of you telling me you're sorry because what good is that doing me because um, you're sorry about a lot of things you don't understand about which obviously I would like to know more about so why be sorry and just put me on the horn with the person that knows right I think I think it may be beyond the ability of <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> why why is that with everybody? Why is that? Yeah. Why is it with your case? Why is that? Um, why why can't I talk to the direct source? I, I, no, I mean I could definitely you know what I could do is like ha I could I couldn't just have one of our our nurse practitioners or doctors give you a ring. Unfortunately, like we could schedule an appointment if that's something you're interested in doing. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what, you, you don't need to be sorry for what you don't know about. You know what I mean? Like, that's... And telling me you're sorry doesn't do anything, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I have empathy, but it's like, that's not a thing I need to have empathy about. Sure. Uh, so, so you're interested in talking to one of our providers about TMS then? Is that what I'm, that's what I'm gleaning from this conversation? <laughs> gleaming the cube, man. All right. Sounds good. Well, I, the first couple of things I'd have to do is just collect like some general information from you. Is that, are you good to go on that? Could I ask you questions about insurance, et cetera? I mean, I don't necessarily have my Medicaid activated right now, but I am on Medicaid. It is there. It yeah. does exist. Yeah. <clears throat> I think we'd, we would either need you to be on an active health insurance or be willing to pay out, out of pocket. How much is it out of pocket? I would have to do a little bit of research here about that. Um, I, you know, I typically, I, I could, I know how much the the uh, TMS sessions themselves are, but how much are they? Don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> Hundred bucks a pop, essentially, but it's forty sessions. All right, and then over how many period of time? It's over about. Um, you know, we have you in here about five times a week, so. And it, it's and then why does it end at forty? That is, uh, so TMS was approved based on a clinical trial that was done about ten years ago, and the protocol that was used there was something called RTMS, which is what we do called repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation. Basically, uh, that was the protocol that was used, so that's the protocol that we use today because that's how it's been proven to work. And it just, that's the end resolve is $40,000 and you get a 40, it's basically $40,000 for 40 treatments. It's $4,000, but yeah. Oh, that's not bad. See, my math sucks. You see what I'm saying? It's already cheaper than I thought. And that's kind of doable, huh? I mean, you know, in the realistic, with everything as high as it is in medical, that doesn't seem yeah. so bad out of pocket. And I would rather pay out of pocket because it just makes more sense. You know, I, um, I'm not sure what insurances you take, but I'm pretty sure you don't take mine on being on disability, you know, because I'm on like A and B Medicaid. So I'm not going to waste your time with that. I would rather just pay it off you know yeah if you're willing to pay out of pocket then that's you know we could it definitely expedites things in terms of not having to deal with all the I just bullshit, so. I, not to steamroll you but I would just want to know that it's got like what what's the percentage ratio of it like coming through uh, I can tell you that from the data that we have 60% of people who do not respond to antidepressant treatment who attempt TMS do have some sort of alleviation of depressive symptoms. So what does that mean? Uh, we use a standardized rating scale called the PHQ-9 to assess how severe people's depression is and they improve 60% of the time if the if antidepressants have not worked. But do and then they don't have to come back, right? That's it. It's a little bit it's a little more complicated than that unfortunately. Like uh, why why what why? why? <laughs> it, 
it, it's not necessarily a permanent solution. It's not. No. For how long is it not a permanent solution? Unfortunately, it varies pretty significantly from person to person. It's a little bit hard to kind of make those estimations. So motherfucker have to come in and do another 40 rounds, and that may not work either. Uh, you know, it's it's really kind of out there. It's a little bit more, too hypothetical, you know what I mean? Has like, anybody ever done 80 rounds? Yeah, I actually just finished up a patient the other day who just completed her second round of 40. And... What happened with her in, in the first, not that I need to know her personal information, but just as a statistic, why did she have to come back? How long was it between her coming back the first 40 and the second 40 round? Uh, a couple months. And she came back because she had improved really significantly on the first one. And then, you know, she felt that she wanted to go through it again. So she did another round of treatment. Huh. It's kind of unusual that we do that, though. Typically, people come in for 40. But it was it's not like, dangerous, right, what she did? It's not. Nope. Huh. She was just like, give me give me the rounds. Give me, give me the good stuff. <laughs> so she thinks that she just got to a, a point where it was just so awesome, and she was like, there's no way in fuck I'm losing this shit. Essentially, yeah. But... So you can't overdo it. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you could overdo it. I am absolutely sure of that. I What I can say is that in this specific patient situation, she was approved by one of our providers to come back for a second round. What basis was it that made that, you know, was just her, what her chart showed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she... she As her own individual... Yeah, she showed improvement on the treatment, and then, you know, clearly it had benefited her, and she didn't want to stop receiving it, so then she came back for another round. Hmm. Um, but I'll be honest, I, I, like, I, I would be more comfortable with you talking to our providers about these questions just because I don't have any sort of medical licensure. That's good. Um, yeah, so... Uh, in terms of getting you a quote for how much that would be out of pocket, I can just mute myself real quick and go ask my coworker. Uh, is that something you want me to do? I mean, do I? Is it a free like sit down, or do I have to pay for that too? That would be something that you would pay for for sure. Just, it would be a pretty compre comprehensive visit, including like all, you know your your past diagnoses, uh, medications you've taken, that kind of stuff. And it would be the same price. I, no, that's what I need to ask about. I'm oh, okay. Certain that it would, it would be more expensive. Than what for? Oh, for the first visit. Yeah. Huh. Make it hard on motherfuckers, huh? Yeah, man, that's how it is out here. Unfortunately, out here, huh? Uh, yeah. But uh, like I said, yeah, I, I could. I'd be happy to go ask my coworker. I'm waiting for you, dude. I'm not just okay. online for my health. Cool. Well, I'll be right back. Okay. All right. What a douche out here. 
don't give a, they don't give a fuck about nobody, man. They're just gonna charge everybody this fucking Roman fucking. You live in Rome, pay the Roman price. You live in Rome, fucking pay Rome what it's fucking roamed out to do. <laughs> fucking Rome. Nobody gives a fuck about anybody. If I ran this fucking planet, I would be fucking giving you the money, motherfucker. And the free treatment. Then you'd see some real productivity in the world. They could, too. That's what's fucked up. It's not that outlandish of an idea. <laughs> These guys don't need a hundred bucks from poor people. They just want to charge you so much and stick you back on Big Pharma if you can't afford it. Some lady can afford it. Whatever. You know? Not everybody can afford it. Hello, sir. Yep. Hey, so 290 is the figure that I was given, but I can double-check with my manager about that. Why is it so ridiculous, man? Because if rich people can't afford the fucking shit, then they can just end up back on Big Pharma and easily controlled? Why is it, guys? No, it's I, so stupid, I, man. It's stupid. It's shitty. I, yeah, I you got, you're all fucking giving me this bullshit. That's how it is out here. How come every Portland motherfucker has got to sound exactly the same like they're better than you? What's wrong with you? You think you're fucking, I, you think you guys are better than poor people like me and gonna charge $290 for a fucking sit-in fucking bullshit while fucking crime goes up and all this shit? You guys are fucking better than everybody else. That's why fucking Portland's number 51 in the mental health system because intense fucking row the fucking streets while you guys charge 290 for a fucking sit-down you should be paying me the fucking money and giving me the free fucking treatment. And you know what's fucked up? Motherfuckers in City Hall could do that. That's how much money they extort off human trafficking in this fucking town. You know that? While fucking mentally ill people fucking get to live on streets and fucking the police get to be fucking racist pigs and beat the fuck out of you and be dicks and arrest you for being homeless. And people like you will just push out motherfuckers that can't afford a $290 fucking sit-down consultation visit, right? Man, I mean, I... I pretty much that, nailed it, right? I mean, that's it. No, I mean, not, not, not at all. <laughs> really? Because I don't know anybody that can fucking afford $290 that's fucking collecting disability, especially in the state of fucking Oregon. Do you? Do you collect disability? Look, man, if you're on Medicaid, we can talk about that. Like, yeah, but what if you're not on Medicaid and it takes so long to get the fucking Medicaid because of everything that's fucking going on right now? Look, I understand that you are upset. and I'm It's not just I, me. I'm a, I represent a voice, dude. I'm just one voice sure, yeah. out of 10,000 motherfuckers that would just like to 
close you all down and make sure fucking mental health was fucking free and accessible to all people and housing and clothing and not this $290, oh, we're going to fucking take your fucking money. We know you're on Section 8 and you can barely afford fucking anything. But here, we're just going to go ahead and take it anyway, right? That kind of bullshit? I mean, I don't set the, the prices. No one, no one that can talk about it does. But the people that I'll fucking do talk. fucking price it, they can't talk to me about it, right? Because they don't exist. I mean, they no, they they exist, but you're right. I don't think they'd be able to talk to you about it because yeah. they, you know, yeah. people who are managing this this company who are doing all kinds of other shit. So yep, it's bullshit too, and we both I'm, know it. I'm I'm sorry about that, honestly. Like I know you said you're sick of hearing me say I'm sorry. It's not just that; it's just the fucking mundaneness of the lack of care and humanity. And I wonder why fucking everything's getting shut down the way that it fucking does. And the prison system fucking goes up. So you guys got more fucking slaves to fucking make Walmart bullshit inside the fucking house. While motherfuckers like you fucking make all this fucking money. And everybody else gets How the fucking... Think I make, man? More than me. I think you make more than me on disability. Do you make over fucking a thousand bucks a month? Barely. Well, you do though. I mean, do you need the fucking magnetic treatment? No, I'm quite privileged that I don't. I'll be totally honest. See? I feel very fortunate. All right, now imagine that you did, since you fucking wanted to sarcastically bring it up. Imagine that you did need this treatment. And imagine that you did pay fucking rent 850 fucking bucks for a fucking room, and you got to pay that, and then 390 or 290 is that what it was? For a fucking sit-down consultation that you're not even sure that that's the fucking price. It's like it's already out of range. How are yeah, people that are fucking man. poor and mentally ill? Absurd, man. It is absurd. It's absurd. But yeah. you work for them. Yeah, because I gotta fucking work a job. That's like the preacher saying, I gotta talk about Jesus Christ and charge for Jesus Christ when Jesus told you not to do that. It's the same difference. You know you're working for like fucking satanic bullshit, right? Motherfucker, yeah, you are, dude. Let's fucking cut through the shit. It is intense, but it is. Like, think about it, man. It is. It's satan. Who fucking charges poor people 200 and this isn't at you. I get you, man. You are fucking doing what you got to do, right? But you got to know the fucking, you should know who you're working for. It's fucking satanic bullshit. It's Satan directly. He's going to fucking torture motherfuckers like me who fucking don't even get. That's not even half of a fucking disability check in Portland. You know that? That's not even half of it. That's not even half a fucking check. What the fuck are you supposed to do for the other half of the fucking month? You know? Man, I don't have the answers. I'm oh, I'm getting magnetic treatment, but I live in a fucking tent. Oh, I feel really fucking good about myself. Yeah, there's there are other problems. That's satanic. Yeah. That's satanic. That it, is fucked up. it is. It is I, fucked up. I, I'm, I'm, I'm deeply sorry that we can't provide what uh, you're looking for. I feel bad. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that are wrong with this world, and and I, I feel you there. And so I just want you to know that you're. It's not like us versus them, man. Like, I'm, I'm out here and I'm feeling what you're feeling too, so. 
I hear you. I just wonder if you ever hear people like just call it straight out like that necessarily. Yeah, man. I do all the time. I do all the time. And I've spent time in prisons and I've spent time with people on the street. And I'm, you know, I know that there's some real fucked up shit out here. So I, I get what you're talking about. But I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just communicating to you what I've been told. And I'm, I'm sorry that I can't do better than that. But that's what my job is. It's so. not you. It's the system. You know, and you're victimized by it too, man, in in that way, you know, and there's that empathy that I do have in that sense, like that. That's worth the empathy, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but uh, yeah, these doctors, whoever's administrating this shit that you're working for, if you're only making that much, you should just get a fucking job at fucking Shell, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? And stop working for fucking butchers. Maybe you should look into, maybe you'll feel better about that since you don't have to fucking deal with mental illness, do you? No, I mean, I, I, my, I myself don't. I feel very... You very, said you've been in prisons, and I, you know... I, I've, I've never, so let me clarify that, I've never been to prison, but I've, I've worked with people who are incarcerated and, you know, learned with them and spent a lot of time there. So I, I you know, I know there's some... I've really, I've experienced that, and I know that that's, that's legit, you know? No, it's been an intense talk, and uh, you can have someone in the higher up, you can pass that exact message along. I would love to know why the fuck they feel like they can butcher someone's fucking medical bullshit, even out of uh, um, insurance, that don't have fucking money. While fucking people, the city's talking about, oh, we're going to start tightening up on homeless fucking camps and all this shit. Motherfucker, if they had no mental health problems to begin with, you'd see more productivity. Doesn't that fucking make sense? You can pass that to your fucking little superior butcher motherfucker that's charging this shit, okay? And if I were you, I'd go get another fuck. McDonald's is fucking more respectable than fucking this shit, all right? Have a good day, man. And that's what I had to fucking say about that.